the founder of the Guardian Angels. A group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America. For a small fee in America. Gee, how politically incorrect, Lou. Do we run this song from the original West Side Story, conducted by the ultra-uber-liberal progressive Leonard Bernstein? By the way, uh, who is it? Bradley Cooper is now doing the movie, portraying Leonard Bernstein, while uh, snacking on the former wife of my partner on Saturdays. That's right, Anthony Weiner, who does his own show in the middle from 2 to 3, and then I join him left versus right from 3 to 4. But without a doubt, this is the supersized story of the day. And Lou, upon your return from the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways, think back when you were drinking your Rheingolds on the beach and all of a sudden, at the break of dawn, you saw that red Chinese cargo ship, the Golden Venture, hit that sandbar right off of Fort Tilden, right off of where... Our own Sid Rosenberg uh, lives uh, Bell Harbor. By the way, I'm not going to do another promo for that book. You want Sid Rosenberg's book? Steal the book, please. Don't pay for it. But anyway, let me get back on track. This is your lunch hour edition of WABC. Because you can't get enough of that Sliwa stuff, I'm going to give you a rip and a reading commentary. No calls, please. We save those for the weekend. But, Lou, you're a veteran. If only you could remind people... How many illegal red Chinese aliens came running up on shore because they were stowed away in the cargo containers, as so many are trying to get to the port of Newark and Elizabeth. We don't even focus on that. But our mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, who decided to get uh, inducted into the Hip Hop Hall of Fame over the weekend and was designated the Hip Hop Mayor, has promised he's going to put a ring through his nose in addition to the little uh, earring he's got in his ear. Oh, my God. Got suckered right into a Venus flytrap by Governor Abbott of Texas. Think back two weeks ago, Governor Abbott was putting the illegal aliens right on the bus to Washington, D.C. He said, hey, go to Papa Chulo. That's right, Joe Biden right there at the White House because he's standing there telling the world of illegals, who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. Who's your daddy? Underlay, underlay, underlay. And boy, they came by the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And Eric Adams, because he doesn't know a photo op that he doesn't want to miss. He's like Len Slice. It's live at five with Eric. He jumps into this whole, this whole battle. And decides he's got to take it over from the Michigan Action Mayor in Washington, D.C. So he starts, he starts spouting off at Governor Abbott, who then says, oh, he took the bait. So now he's sending illegals directly to the Port Authority. Listen to the mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, as crime is skyrocketing across the five boroughs. Talk about what a horror, what a shanda, what a disgraziata. Governor Abbott is 
This is horrific when you think about what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction. No direction? Are you kidding? Look at the illegals. Where's my music here? Come on, Lou, get back into the flow here. I need my West Side Story. Isn't it great to be in America where everything is free? No, nothing is free. We, the sucker taxpayers, have to pay for it. But look at a lot of the illegal aliens. If they pound the hound and get off the bus at the Port Authority, notice what's the one thing they have? Cell phones. Obama phones. And they've been tracking their, their trip to New York City. And what have they been watching on the stream? Telemundo. Univision. And what story did they see before they decided to jump ship before they got to New York City yesterday at 7 a.m. in the morning? The story of bodega clerk Jose Alba, so in fear, can't even walk outside of his apartment, even though he is no longer being charged with murder, no longer with a $500,000 bail over his head. Jose Alba has decided... It's so dangerous in New York City for me and my family. I'm going back to Santiago in the DR. So now these illegals are on the bus. They know that Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, is going to await for them at the Port Authority at 7 o'clock in the morning for the photo op. 40 of them, Lou. And they tell the bus driver, hey, I think you could stop off in Paramus first. It's kind of dangerous in New York City. Why Paramus? Because when you go to Times Square and you see all, all those cartoon characters, you know, the Smurfs, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, you see the superheroes, they're all illegal aliens. They all live in Paramus, and they have a padrone. The padrone goes to the sweatshop. The new illegals come in. He says, look, you're going to kick up a vig. You give me 50% of the take. Nobody's going to monitor you in Times Square because, remember, this is America. Nobody's going to ask for your papers. And the only American in Times Square is the naked cowboy. And we can't ask for his papers because... He's got his Fruit of the Loom, his BVDs on. So there is Eric Adams. The bus arrives, and all of a sudden it's only 14, not 40. So a whole group jumped off at Paramus, and some of the others thinking twice, like, why do so many of our amigos jump off in Paramus? They asked the bus driver, why don't you stop here? Where are we? Hackensack. No problem. Drop us in Hackensack. The embarrassment... 14 illegals arrive. And what does the mayor of the city of New York say? Because naturally he's got to say something. The paparazzi are all there. <laughs> he goes, well, apparently they decided they didn't want to come, all of them, because of fear of the city. Now, what do they fear? Do they fear immigra- immigration and naturalization service? Do they fear ICE? who you have demonized Eric Adams, as has Crime Wave, Kathy Holcomb, and all the Democrats by calling them thugs. No, because it was ICE, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, who processed them and put them on the buses. And it just so happens, with the wheel of illegal alien fortune, they chose New York City, Nueva York, and not Washington, D.C. Oh, the pain. Oh, the insults. Oh, the abuse. Eric Adams can't help himself. Things as a political uh, play, it's, 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 it's just 
He finally admitted what we were saying. And uh, we're going to continue to be open arms. This is who we are as a city, and we just need help from the federal government. We have a, we're having a great conversation this afternoon with the federal government uh, to figure out how we can get this right. But it is despicable what we're witnessing in Texas. You remember the movie uh, Butch and the Sundance Kid with Paul Newman and Robert Redford? Remember, Lou, when uh, he said, you keep thinking that, Butch. You keep thinking that. Yeah, Eric Adams. Joe Biden, Papa Chulo Joe Biden, has no plans in helping you with the illegal aliens coming into the city of New York. We're a sanctuary city. You embrace the illegal aliens as they came off. That was the photo op. It went back to Central America and Mexico. It was in El, da- El Diario there. It was in Telemundo. It was in Univision. So now when illegal aliens are deciding, what city am I going to go to? Oh, we got to go to that mayor, right? Because he's telling one and all, you come to New York City and we will embrace you. Meantime, Governor, Governor Abbott in Texas must be having a belly laugh at our expense because... Really, of the stupid behavior and the ego-driven, egocentric behavior of Eric Adams, who just doesn't understand how he's being used as a pawn. I got one thing to tell you and to tell them. There are more buses on the way as we gather at this conference today. (laughs) Underlay, underlay. You think Eric Adams will be out there awaiting all the illegal aliens, half of whom are going to jump the Greyhound because they don't want to come to Fear City? Of course not. Meantime, uh, I noticed that his very dear friend, uh, Bishop Whitmore, was uh, missing in action yesterday at his uh, pastorship there in Canarsie. The walls are closing in, as everybody realized two weeks ago, when he was giving his sermon that the three thugs who came in and stripped him and his wife of their bling-bling, he claimed $400,000, then jacked it up to a million dollars and brought it back down to $400,000, that it was all a scam. It was for the insurance money. Let me give you an update because I've sworn to all of you listening to the 50,000 powerful watts of sound that I'm not going to let this go and let Bishop Whitmore again bamboozle everyone. Members of the 69th Precinct in Canarsie, I know you're listening on Rockway Parkway and Foster Avenue because I told you each and every day I'm going to pound the DTs there. How come you're not investigating this scam by the Bishop Whitmore? Hey, Eric Gonzalez, the feckless and we-do-nothing district attorney in Brooklyn. How come your investigators are not investigating this fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi crime against... Bishop, self-appointed Bishop Whitmore. By the way, uh, enough of the music here. Because um, Bishop Whitmore is a pisher. He's a smendrick. He's a person of no consequence when it comes to self-appointed reverence. As you know, Lou, because you were in the midst of watching Al Slim Shady Sharpton single-handedly emasculate and destroy Don Imus. At a time of need when he was involved with the uh, Scarlet Knight female basketball team, it was Al Slim Shady Sharpton who humiliated and caused Don Imus to go no mas, no mas. You remember that, Lou? Cost you your job. Cost Bernard his job. 
Hey, you took a vacation a year later, and then you came into WABC, and you took my freaking job. In the mornings with Kubi. Yeah, yeah, you see, you're still dancing the Tarantella. I will never forgive. I will never forget. Every time I see you across that bulletproof glass loop. But it was a moment in which the great Don Imus was humiliated, emasculated, and he had to get down on bended knee to Alslam Shady Sharpton. And I've told you all along, is an extortionist, shakedown artist, a welcher, a deadbeat, and he doesn't pay his rent, he doesn't pay his bills, he doesn't pay his travel accommodations. He expects you, because of reparations, not to give him 40 acres and a mule, but give him a pass on everything. But once again, he is in the throes of a battle with a Jewish landlord. That's right. He always seems to pick the Jews in New York City. Yeah, the, the guy really hates uh, Jews and always has. But he's refusing to pay his rent at the National Action Network headquarters on 145th Street near Lenox Avenue in the heart of Harlem, USA. In fact, any of you who have traveled to Yankee Stadium, we're going to get to a Yankee Stadium update momentarily because a guy got stabbed in the back right there before the escalators, before you enter Yankee Stadium yesterday at 1 o'clock in Crime City, Fear City, USA. But I digress. So Al Slim Shady Sharpton, for about the 10th time, is refusing to pay rent on many of the facilities that he has squatted in and occupied. Even had a battle with the Hemsley Group when they had space in the Empire State Building and right after the attack of 9-11, refused to pay any rent, finally went into a tenant-landlord court, and said, Judge, I wish, I wish I could pay the rent, but none of my employees want to come back to the Empire State Building because they know that it's target number two by the Al-Qaeda terrorists. And the judge allowed him to walk out without paying a dime. As you know, he's owed taxes to the state of Jersey. As you know, he's owed state taxes to New York, city taxes. He's owed payroll taxes, which is the money of his employees Everybody, if they don't pay the payroll taxes as a business, they go to jail. But his complexion has been his protection. And now he has targeted a gentleman uh, who was the Jewish advisor and outreach coordinator for the Rudy Giuliani administration when he was mayor. His name, Bruce Teitelbaum. You see, Bruce thought he could outfox the fox in the chicken coop, Al Slim Shady Sharpton. And so now, Al-Slim Shady Sharpton has said to the former Jewish advisor, to Rudy Giuliani, Oofa! <laughs> I ain't paying my rent! New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Imagine there's no heaven. I have been vindicated at W.A. Beatles C. As you know, over the years, W.A.B.C. has snatched the mantle of saying this was the Beatles Network, even though we all know it was Murray the K, the swinging soiree of W.M.C.A., who was the fifth Beatle, right? Right, come on. We stole that. We stole that, Lou. But then again... This is part of the revisionism that has been going on here at WABC as part of our looked forward to 100th anniversary. And I have stood up and I have defied the uh, propaganda 
of saying that the Fab Four were the best, not like the rest. There was Jesus, and there was Paul McCartney. And I have said I hate, I loathe, I despise Paul McCartney, which I always have. The bubblegum top 40 rocker who recently appeared at MetLife on his 80th birthday, performed for three hours. Lou was saying, look at him, Curtis, what's wrong with you? His Springsteen went up there, right? They sang duos. Uh, and everybody else says, oh, Paul, 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 we love you. I hate you. And now I have the documentary evidence. In my hands here, I am the first that has a copy of the document that will actually be auctioned off for $400,000 or more South Beach. It is a poison pen letter from John Lennon, the only Beatle I liked, to Paul McCartney. And it said, Paul, Paul, who's going to pay the taxes? That's why we broke up. You refused to take responsibility for the taxes. And looking at what just passed the Michigan in Washington, D.C., how many of you are saying, oh, my God, 827 tax collectors have been added to the budget. Just think back, Lou. It wasn't Yoko that broke the back of the Beatles. It wasn't even Linda McCartney. You know what it was? The tax man. The battle between John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo, and Paul McCartney was that Paul McCartney did not want to take responsibility to pay his fair share of the taxes because he was hiding out in Scotland. Well, the rest of the Beatles, the Fab Four, had scattered all about. There was Ringo Starr in the ashram with Maharishi Yogi in the hills of India. George Harrison had drug-induced psychosis. And as you know, John Lennon at the Dakota on the corner of 72nd Central Park West with Yoko. Oh, stop it. In this letter, every time he makes a reference to himself to Paul McCartney, he says... Lennon and Yoko, they're like an appendage to one another. Hey, I loved you, John Lennon. I really did. You were the only Beatle I loved. But not knock it off with Yoko. What the, What was she, a Maytag? Couldn't do anything. This is a brilliant letter. And then he signs off and he says, oh, this is the best thing. He accuses Paul McCartney of being a conservative. He says, you think Imagine is a revolutionary song? It's too politicized? You must be like all those other conservatives. Just think, Lou. Afterwards, I want you to march into the offices of Matt Meany and say, even at the old, old ripe age of 80, which pretty much matches my age and some of the old codgers who are broadcasting here at WABC, with a purple haze hanging over Paul McCartney, because, man, this guy vapes morning, noon, and night, and it ain't tobacco. Why not Paul McCartney with a show of his own here since John Lennon said, you are a conservative? And then he tags off and he says, look, look, I'd love to be able to say all is forgotten and all is forgiven, but I can never, ever forget the fact that you dissed my beloved Yoko. He says, all you need is love, Paul. Just remember that. Power to the people. Free all political prisoners. Jail the judges. I like that one. Jail the judges. Love and peace. Get it on. And you'll love this, Lou. Rip them off. 
So, you know, every looter, every shoplifter, every booster is saying, notice John Lennon in his letter to Paul McCartney said, rip them off. That's exactly what we're doing. And then finally he put a P.S. I never quite knew what a P.S. is after you write like 300 pages. The bit that really puzzled us was asking to meet without Linda and Yoko. I know you're serious about this, but let's not go too far, Paul. I thought you'd have understood by now that I'm John and Yoko. All one word. John and Yoko. (sighs) Let me just say peace, love, and happiness. I am celebrating what all of you should be celebrating, National Pet Day. As you know, I share a 328-square-foot apartment with my gorgeous wife, Nancy, a animal rescuer like so many of you listening, and we're just a few blocks from where the Dakota was and is where John Lennon was executed. And it changed, uh, it changed the world. It changed the city. The city is no longer safe and secure for, never mind, celebrities and trendoids and freakazoids, but for anybody who... Uh, walks in the streets of the five boroughs. But National Pet Day, I want you to give special attention to that furry little friend or family member of yours. Lou, how many of our listeners are closer to their pets than they are to their kids, their parents, their mother-in-laws? Yes, their mother-in-laws, uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews, and fair-weather friends. So if you have a dog or a cat or llamas, or like Richard Gere, gerbils, or hamsters, or parrots. It's National Pet Day. Raise the roof, party hardy. Let's celebrate. And let's also celebrate what was such a special moment in our Sliwa household with the 18 rescue cats. Because we have a Russian blue, our senior citizen cat, Tuna. You might have seen Tuna. She was featured in my first television ad in which I was not successful in becoming the mayor of the city of New York. I lost fair and square to Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan. But Tuna neurologically was damaged. And my wife, Nancy, rescued her from euthanasia, from execution, from destruction, like so many other animals in our shelter system in New York City. And we were taken, like so many of you, by the Brooklyn Bodega Kitty, who was abducted right outside of that Delhi in Park Slope, just a few blocks away from uh, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, Bill de Blasio, who I hope just packs up leaves and goes back to where he was birthed. Cambridge, Boca, was returned. The kidnapped cat was returned, a Russian blue. Now, Boca is a young kitten, and Tuna is an AARP Russian blue cat that I bonded with because... She's AARP, and I'm AARP. Come on, Lou. I'm tired of doing the Sid Rosenberg, Citizens United, promoting this book. I've said over and over, it's out there at Barnes & Noble. It's at a bookstore near you. Uh, It's at the airlines before you take off. Just do me one favor. Like Abby Hoffman wrote about his book when he was on the lam, steal this book, please, so I don't have to be involved with it any longer. Okay, I did it. I did the promo. Meantime, look at Yankee Stadium. I remember when Reggie Jackson, 1976, 
hit three bombs against Tommy Lasorda's L.A. Dodgers. Yankee win, Yankee win, Yankee win. World Series. And then it was Howard Cosell, broadcaster here at WABC, who announced that George Steinbrenner, in fact, was thinking of taking the New York Yankees, lock, stock, and barrel, out of the house that Ruth built and taking them to the Meadowlands. And I said to myself, the Meadowlands? I mean, the only thing they have out in the Meadowlands was they were burying garbage and they were burying the dead bodies, the hit victims of organized crime over my dead body. And it was one of the motivations for me starting the Guardian Angels back in 1979. So we've come full circle. It was 1 o'clock in the afternoon at 161st Street Yankee Stadium on the number four train station platform. A 33-year-old man was stabbed as he was waiting for the train. Now, get this, Lou. Once again, NYPD is, uh, is missing one very crucial and important detail as they try to get us involved. See something, say something, right? Call 911. The attacker was described as a male in his teens or 20s wearing gray shorts, white sneakers, and carrying a red shirt. What was his complexion? Was he white? Was he black? Was he Hispanic, Asian? Was he olive skin? They never give the description of the person who you saw on video or was reported to the NYPD. You think? You think maybe it's time? And thinking of the Bronx, I don't know if you were watching the smash and grab, which was just a few stores away from where I was the night manager of Mickey D's in the late 70s where I formed the Guardian Angels, right on the corner of Fordham and Webster, If you look across the street, it's Fordham University. If you look uh, further uh, west, make that east, it is uh, the old Sears. And guess what? Within 30 seconds, you had four banditos, four bling-bling banditos who bum-rushed that jewelry store, did a smash-and-grab, and took off with $2 million worth of jewelry. $2 million. Now, Lou, do we think... That may be the owner-operator of uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this jewelry store for all the hip-hop monsters who obviously can afford it. Do we think that maybe they jacked up the amount of money that they claim was stolen in that smash-and-grab for insurance purposes? Like the right Bishop Whitmore at his church in Canarsie, Brooklyn, uh, two Sundays ago? Of course they did. But still, within 30 seconds, they cleared out and cleaned out the bling-bling in that store. Meantime, as I'm going through the pages of the New York Post, they're all over Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. This was the newspaper that anointed him the mayor. You may have remembered it was in the midst of the Democratic primary, and they interviewed only two candidates, two candidates. And it was Andrew Yang, and there was... uh, Eric Adams. And they anointed Eric Adams, the future mayor, the savior of the city, the new face of the Democratic Party, and the law and order mayor. And he has delivered ugats. So I think there's um, endorsement remorse on the part of the New York Post, not only the writers, but the editorial staff. Because in their lead editorial, Lou, this is great. Mr. Mayor, tear down those sheds. Mr. Mayor, tear down those sheds. Now, what are they referring to? They're referring to all those dining sheds that are littered all across the city, but mostly in Manhattan. The size sometimes of a Quonset hut 
or an airplane hangar that you could land at 747 on Columbus Avenue and then park. Many of them are not being used. They're graffiti. They're vandalized. They have become a haven for garbage, for rats. In fact, so many rats, the two-legged type who eat the Parmesan cheese for the federal government and become confidential informers and joining the witness protection program, hiding out in these sheds. In addition, you have the four-legged rats. And it has caused a health disaster of unprecedented proportions, and especially in the very liberal, progressive Greenwich Village, very libertarian at times where anything goes. And the New York Post, to their credit, has done an outstanding job because they visited many of these empty sheds. And you know what they saw? Plato's retreat. They published a series of photos. There were men and women engaged in compilation and fornication. Uh, There were some of these men and women who were like Gumby. They were in positions I could never imagine putting myself in when I had the urge to merge. I mean, all kinds of sexual positions. There was uh, oral stimulation and satisfaction. There were two guys there, obviously, concerned about monkeypox, not. They were lip-locking, and they were manually stimulating one another. All there. And they didn't mind if the whole world in Greenwich Village saw it. There was a woman uh, who got into the missionary position, and she was being pleasurized by a man. And it was all live at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in Greenwich Village. Freaky deaky. And then finally there was a woman. Or maybe it was a transgender. I'm not quite sure. Remember, there are 72 different gender identifications that exist in this world. And any one of you can claim to be that gender identification on a whim, on a whirl, on a twirl. But it was somebody who looked like a woman who was orally fixating a man. And I'm telling you, Lou... He was definitely in seventh heaven. Now, you would think, why the hell does the mayor not just bulldoze all of these sheds, these dining sheds, that are no longer being used, that are a haven for rats, garbage, and Plato's retreat? Because the restaurateurs are whining, dining, and pocket-lining the mayor not to take down the sheds. Enough of the sheds. We're back to normal. You got a restaurant. I understand it was a difficult time. You, uh, you perceived uh, success against all odds. Many of you, you got the stimulus. You got the PPP. You got everything you needed to stay alive. But now it's time to tear down those sheds, Mr. Mayor. Tear down those sheds. Oh, by the way... Uh, The crime of the day, if you can believe this, Lou, with all the Michigash going on, the drive-bys, the fact that over the weekend in southeast uh, Queens, there were two competing gangs, one that was circling the block in cars, the other gang that was partying in the backyard and the front lawn of a house at 1130 at night. Fortunate that there were DTs in the area. The gangbangers started capping shots at one another. And then when 5-0, the police arrived, I guess the Bloods and the Crips who were, who were focused on killing one another decided that's the blue that we really hate. The blue of the NYPD, they exchanged shots. And the NYPD, thumbs up, got four of those enemies of society. Four of them. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
ladies and gentlemen. So Matt Meany, our program director, hipster, millennial extraordinaire, was having his brunch yesterday with his avocado uh, spread and his uh, endless mimosas when he texted me before one of my many appearances here on WABC, which is always broadcasting, Curtis. And he said, Curtis, you old fogey, you, uh, <clears throat> you baby boomer, it's time to talk about what's trending. That's right, Lou, what's trending according to hipsters and millennials. So he said, you got to talk about the number one trending story in America today. The fact that Pete Davidson of Staten Island has been dropped like a bad habit by Baby Got Back, the diva of all divas, Kim Kardashian. So I said, uh, you know, I don't talk about that stuff. He goes, oh, yes, oh, yes. You got to talk about the factors. So let me see if I can indulge all of you who are millennials, hipsters, Generation X, Y, and Z, if this floats your boat. Number one, if I were Monty Hall and this was let's make a deal, choose doors one, two, or three, I would say the first one as to why the relationship didn't work out is because Pete Davidson would not get a vasectomy on his hose, his schlong, whatever you want to describe it as being. But apparently many of you thought that a 41-year-old woman would want to be a cougar. If the guy actually had the equipment. Okay, that's choice number one. He wouldn't get a vasectomy, so she just then dismissed it. Door number two says she was tired of going to Staten Island and hanging out with real blue-collar working-class people. That sounds like Kim Kardashian, the diva. And the third one, and this is the uh, one that I have chosen, uh, Lou, is that she got pissed off. When Pete Davidson bought that old broken-down Staten Island ferry with the roaches on him, and she said to Pete, because she obviously was the dominatrix in the uh, relationship, look at Jeff Bezos. Look at what he bought his girl girl toy. He bought her a $500 million yacht that they had to disassemble the bridge in Rotterdam in order for it to come and sail across to the Caribbean. That's the last time I'm going to talk about that, okay? But, oh, we got to talk about what's trending. And apparently Ben Quack Quack Affleck has been stunned, is totally uh, blitzed by the paparazzi because he was traveling the world with his uh, new wife, J-Lo, better known as Jennifer Quack Quack Affleck. He's saying, I can't believe I fell into this Venus flytrap again. As they traveled through Paris, the paparazzi were everywhere. He said, I didn't have a moment alone with uh, Jennifer. I'm crestfallen. So what has he done, Lou? He's gone back to the trendoids and freakazoids in Los Angeles. Hopefully he doesn't start drinking and drugging again. And J-Lo has decided to go on vacation in the Italian Mediterranean. I don't want to talk about this. I really don't. Come on, Lou, please. Uh, this is not me. This is not Curtis Lewa. Oh, this is Curtis Lewa. Brad Pitt, in promoting his new movie, Bullet Train, has said that he has a list, a good list and a uh, hmm, crap list of all the actors and actresses he will work with and those he won't work with. Lou, you've known me now for 35 years in talk radio. You came in here and caused me to be on the unemployment line and not have to pay my child support when I miss 
House, the Curtis and Kluby Show. I understand this is the business that we chose, but now you're back. Could I make up a list of all the hosts and hostesses I refuse to work with like Brad Pitt? And you know it's longer than the list of my ex-wives. To be continued. And most importantly, let me give a shout-out to the Mets. I know, I know you're saying, what, Curtis? You're a Yankee fan, tried and true. Cut my veins and arteries, I bleed Yankee pinstripes. But remember, at the All-Star game, I said, what? Aaron Judge will not participate in the home run hitting contest? Why, because he thinks he's going to strain his oblique? And what about Stanton? Oh, he bowed out at the last moment. But to his credit, Met fans, Pete Alonso. That's right, the polar bear. He not only competed and tried for a three-peat, but if you've noticed, he's been on fire as the polar bear stays hot, drives in two more runs, chop, chop to the Braves. You know, I was supporting the Braves. i got to be honest. On behalf of Ted Turner, Jane Fonda, Jimmy Carter and his wife, remember chop, chop, chop when you could do that? And then finally, all points bulletin, ladies and gentlemen, this is the crime of the weekend. Believe it or not, the Attorney General, Tish James, in Albany, who sees nothing but Trump to prosecute. Donald Trump, Trump family members, Trump businesses, that's all she ever does. As the highest elected law enforcement official in New York has now declared, Lou, that she wants to ban frying pans. That she wants to register frying pans that are purchased legally and they have to have VIN numbers. Why? Because the NYPD is searching for five suspects who attacked a 34-year-old man with frying pans. This occurred right on the corner of Rivington Street in the Lower East Side and Ludlow. These vicious predators, all five of these women, who probably could not cook because uh, they were intent to kill, who probably had black belts from Betty Crocker, because they were intent on doing harm to suspects. Came up to this suspect, hit him again and again with frying pans, kabong, 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 and stripped him of his cash, his credit cards, and his documents. They have yet to be identified. But Tish James has said, you know, first they started with guns, and then with knives, and then with samurai swords. You know, Lou... It behooves us to ban frying pans unless you properly register them. You take a course in how to cook at the Betty Crocker School of Fine Cooking. And as I would say, if God had intended these thuggets to cook, he would not have invented takeout food. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.